fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show that is dedicated to the people of our Appalachian region who produce, prepare, and preserve our foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. Our theme song was graciously sung, arranged, and produced by East Tennessee's own Emmy Sunshine in Madisonville, Tennessee, and we are just so proud of this young Tennessee talent. Well, today I am setting the table with an Appalachian food that makes a body feel comforted. It cannot help us with our political differences, nor can it make us rich or wise, and people who are following the low-carb or keto diets will not be party to this divine comforter until all that deprivation is over with. I'm talking about gravy, chocolate gravy, and sausage gravy. This is my featured subject of today's show. Now, gravy can't solve all of our troubles, but it sure can make us happy, if just for a little while. Today, we will be joined by singer and songwriter Verlin Thompson. And Verlin shares his memories of chocolate gravy and growing up in Cato County, Oklahoma. And Verlin has given me his permission to include in this podcast and broadcast his song, Dinner Bell. I'll share with you a recipe that I use to make chocolate gravy, and you might be surprised it really doesn't have that much fat in it. But that sausage gravy now, that sure does. And also, Fred Sossman will share a segment today involving apple butter, chow chow, pickled yellow crookneck squash, fried pies, and Andrea Roberts Lawson, who is chief gravy maker at the annual Lord's Acre sale in Hilton's, Virginia. All today on this installment of the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for joining me here today at our big Tennessee table. I really appreciate your good company. Let's start out today with chocolate gravy. Now, chocolate gravy is not exclusive to Appalachian cooking, but it's commonly associated with the foods of the South. And it's typically served over hot biscuits. And some people would have had this more often than others, some of them daily, and others only on special occasions. While it does have a good bit of white sugar, it doesn't have as much fat as we usually associate with gravy. And this recipe calls for one tablespoon of butter at the end of the cooking process. I'm going to share the recipe in a little bit. 
Let's first visit with Verlin Thompson. I went to a small house concert and recorded this. And Verlin is a singer and songwriter and former partner and guitarist and performer for years with Guy Clark and frequently found singing with Sean Camp nowadays. And let's hear him share a story about reminiscing of his growing up years and eating chocolate gravy around the family table. You were telling me about, you have a song about chocolate gravy. Yeah, we call it good good brown gravy. And uh, it, it's crazy, it, it actually, it started out as kind of a Cajun love song and it, it, it somehow transformed itself into a song about brown gravy, which for me means chocolate gravy. You know, that's what my, my mom and my mom and her family, well, my dad's side of the family too, they all were raised on this chocolate gravy that they made every morning and pour it on top of biscuits and butter, you know. It was like made out of cocoa and milk and, and uh, I mean, I had it every morning of my life until I left home and then I'd go somewhere and ask people, hey, do y'all have any brown gravy or chocolate gravy and people would look at me like I was crazy and uh, it's one of those one of those uh, memories and one of those foods that just it it almost brings tears to my eyes because it for me it's it's home and it's comfort and it's mom and and it's us around the table which every morning we started the day around that table together and, uh, and I know it was terrible for me because it was all sugar and chocolate and and then it was butter on the biscuit and you know and the biscuits were made with but I'm telling you it got us out there and we'd go work in the fields or go to school and we always felt like you know our, our bellies were were full and that's that's a lucky thing a lot of a lot of kids that I knew we're coming to school and hungry most of the day. So, anyway, chocolate gravy. I still love it. Once you've had it, <laughs> you'll want more. It's. I don't even know how to make I just, I think it's just a little, uh, I think you boil some water and then, you, you, I know you put some milk in it and then that cocoa powder and, and butter. It's just basically a chocolate sauce kind of a thing. It's so good. Now, where was your growing up? In Oklahoma. Cattle County, Oklahoma. And, you know, it was just mom and dad and me and my brother raised on a, at that time it was a farm. Uh, it's now more of a cattle operation. But just a small, little small family making do on a little farm and, uh, you know, chocolate gravy was something we could afford and, and it satisfied us and shoot man good times yeah. yeah and then some and, it, and all my aunts all my mom's sisters made it too so when we would go stay with our cousins at their house it was like we never missed a lick you know you get up and chocolate gravy's on the table so that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's a great memory. 
Yeah, it is. I, I've often wondered where it originated. You know, did it come over from from Europe, or was it an Irish thing, or was it a, or was it something that people just kind of found whatever they had in the cupboard and threw it together and it. But I'm thinking, you know, cocoa, that powder, chocolate powder. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that we always had that because I'm, I'm guessing it had to be a little bit expensive, you know. It was a treat. It did go a long way though. That just because my mom, she, she would stretch everything and uh, seemed like, yeah, that stuff used to last forever. We, we never ran out. I know that. <laughs> I can't remember a morning where we didn't have it. And now let's hear a song that Verlin Thompson wrote himself. If you're not familiar with them, you're in for a treat. This is off of his album, Works, and it is called Dinner Bell. You know, there's nothing sweeter than drawing a dipper of good, clean, cold water from an old hand-dug well. And there ain't nothing harder than raking alfalfa and waiting around for the sound of that noon dinner bell. That's when I'd take off my old straw hat and go up to the big house where we'd all gather round under the old elm tree to soak up some shade and eat some good country cooking. And if I was real lucky, she might even look at me. She was strawberry hair and blue ocean eyes she was lilac she was clover and i bet good money she was sweet as honey ten times over ah but it's back to the fields to work like the dickens until they'd come pick us up of a late afternoon and if i could get me a good enough seat up on that wagon i might even catch the smell of her roses perfume she was strawberry hair and blue ocean eyes She was lilac, she was clover And I bet good money she was sweet as honey Ten times over At least that's what I wrote on this old folded up note That I kept in the bib of my overalls A bunch of pretty words I was saving for when I got brave and went up to the big house to pay her a call. Which I did one evening with some fresh cut flowers, my hair slicked back, my shoes all shined, and I never imagined, I never even considered that she might be in any arms other than mine. I was stabbed in the heart and kicked in the gut. At least I might as well have been, cause you see the, the windows were open and the curtains were blowing and I'm sorry that I ever looked in. I jumped off the porch and I ran back down the hill to where that little footbridge goes over the stream. I watched that folded up note and those fresh flowers float away with the rest of my dreams. And I never said nothing to the boys back at the bunkhouse Cause hell, they don't know the first thing about love And to this day, not a word's passed between me and her And I still don't know who he was 
Still got hay down my collar and sweat in my eyes and I hurt for a while pretty bad. I let it set me back in spite of the fact that I know you can't lose what you never had. Ah, but still there's nothing sweeter than drawing that dipper of good clean cold water from that old hand dug well. But these days I don't get near as excited about hearing the sound of that new dinner bell. And you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and we just heard a story about chocolate gravy and a song called Dinner Bell. Both those things are from singer and songwriter Verlin Thompson. Information about Verlin and his songs, projects, and current works at verlinthompson.com. And here's a recipe for you about how to make chocolate gravy. I've posted this on my website, too, if you aren't in the position of writing it down right now. That's TennesseeFarmTable.com under that link that says, Listen to the Show. Here are your ingredients. One-fourth cup of cocoa powder, three tablespoons all-purpose flour, three-fourth cup of white sugar, two cups of milk, one tablespoon soft butter, and two tablespoons of vanilla extract. You'll want to get a whisk and a saucepan out, and then a little bowl to mix your dry ingredients in. So first, in the little bowl, whisk the cocoa, flour, and sugar together, and do this with a whisk and get that all incorporated dry until there are no lumps at all. And then you pour the two cups of milk in on top of that into a mixture. You want to whisk that until it's all well incorporated. Then you want to transfer that mixture into a saucepan and cook it over medium heat, stirring very frequently for 7 to 10 minutes. And you want it to be the consistency similar to gravy. Then you take it off the heat and stir the butter and vanilla into the mixture and you serve it immediately on hot biscuits, and it is good. Again, I've posted this on my website. And after a word from our sponsor, Century Harvest Farm Foundation, let's hear Fred Saussman's segment involving apple butter, chow chow, pickled yellow crookneck squash, fried pies, and chief gravy maker, Andrea Roberts Lawson. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast comes from Century Harvest Farm Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee, an East Tennessee farm producing sustainable farm products, preservative-free, grass-fed beef, preservative-free, grass-fed charcuterie, pickles, preserves, and jams. With the Century Harvest Farm Foundation celebrating two years of empowerment, new jobs, and healthier futures for participants and makers at the Century Harvest Farm Foundation. And over the past two years of your support of Century Harvest Farm Foundation, the Foundation's participants, makers, and graduates have maintained 71% of full or part-time employment from the ground-up graduates, created four full-time job positions for graduates, provided 2,254 hours of workforce development training, 
provided 3,280 hours of child care for makers and graduates of the program, 453 fresh free lunches for makers and graduates of the program, and has donated 4,113 pounds of fresh, sustainably raised produce to local food banks, Century Harvest Farm Foundation participants, makers, and graduates. The mission of Century Harvest Farm is to abolish food insecurity in our region. More information at centuryharvest.org. The boiling of apple butter in country churchyards and the canning of the garden-clearing relish called chow-chow in mountain kitchens are sure signs of the coming of fall. In the Scott County, Virginia community of Hilton's, canning and preserving the harvest are timeless rituals, and they are high art. When items like apple butter, chow-chow, and pickled yellow crook-necked squash appear at Hilton's Memorial United Methodist Church during the annual Lord's Acre Sale, the entire community turns out. Well, we start in January planning. Andrea Roberts Lawson is an elementary school guidance counselor and a member of Hilton's Memorial United Methodist Church. We plan for the entire year. We, every month there's somebody comes up with something new that we, there's a committee. There is a committee that works diligently all year long to get everything ready and they start canning in the summer and start crafting in the summer and get everything ready to go for this one day. It's a, it's a year-long labor of love. Carla Spivey says there's no event quite like it in Hilton's. The sale in general is the social event of the year, I think. <laughs> it, yeah, these ladies that do all the work ahead of time, I just usually kick in on pies and crafts, but they work so hard. And that work is for a higher cause. In the spring of 2013, the Georgia Historical Society, the Bluffton, Georgia City Council, and the Bluffton Baptist Church dedicated an historical marker in Clay County, recognizing the Lord's Acre Movement. The marker commemorates the time back in 1922 when the Reverend H.M. Melton of Bluffton Baptist Church challenged his congregation to set aside one acre of farmland and donate the proceeds from crops raised there to the church. Seven farmers did so. Not only did their farmland thrive, but it seemed impervious to the boll weevil that infested Clay County in 1923. The publication of a Time magazine article in 1924 and the creation of the Lord's Acre Plan of the Farmers Federation of North Carolina helped spread the Lord's Acre movement. The concept is now worldwide, growing beyond farmland to include projects of donated time and service and sales featuring homemade goods, arts, and crafts. Our proceeds go strictly to pay off this new building, this new life center that houses our fellowship hall, Sunday school rooms, our offices. That's her. No, that was hers. That was Minnie's. Yeah, yeah, that's her rum cake. You won't go wrong with that rum cake, I promise you. 
Yeah, but don't drive. Don't eat it and drive. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> Each church member brings his or her own special talent to the Lord's Acre sale. For Andrea Roberts Lawson, it's making gravy. Oh, it's our <laughs> it's our drug of choice here at Hills. <laughs> we love our gravy. We sell. I mean, we've sold out today. So you know, we'll start again at six o'clock in the morning. But uh, I say that tongue in cheek. But it is. It's just a way of life here. It's a lifeline. Andrea doesn't rely on cookbooks or recipe cards when she makes gravy. It's something she's done by feel and by eye all her life. I just start with some uh, sausage grease where we fry our swaggerty sausage in the, on the grill in here and we save the grease and put that in a skillet with some flour and salt and pepper and let that brown and I say burn the paste taste off of it and uh, stirring it constantly till it's thickened. And then once that thickens, just um, put my milk. Some people use cream. Some of them in here like to use cream. I just like to use whole milk. And put that in to fill the skillet. Put my sausage back in, chopped up. Off. We, we use a flat top grill. So we chop up some sausage and put it back in and then just stir it till, and let it boil till it thickens up. I cook mine until the, the fancy word roux is uh, browned and then as brown, pretty dark, and then just put the milk in on it and, and cook it till it's thick. But I, I like mine a little darker. Some people like white gravy, some people like dark gravy. I prefer mine a little darker. Put my first skillet on at 6.20 this morning, and I, uh, myself and another girl cooked till 10.15. I don't know how many skillets we made. We couldn't keep the pot filled up, so we cook it and put it in a crock pot to stay hot. And uh, we used about eight gallons of milk, and each skillet took about um, a, a gallon of milk. So we probably made eight, ten gallons of gravy this morning. Meanwhile, Carla Spivey says guests are lined up out the door for fried pies. We made 90 batches of dough to prepare to fry about 750 pies. That's a lot of pies. While some modern-day cooks take fried pie shortcuts using Bisquick or already-prepared biscuit dough, Lisa Faust and the Hilton's United Methodist Women make their dough from scratch. This is a dough that we found online, actually, but it's been fabulous. Lots of butter in it, so it's fragile. We make the dough early. We make it at least a day early. It's a mixture of Crisco and butter, and so that's why it's so flaky with uh, apple cider vinegar as well. You're looking at 45 pounds of butter. People loved them. Andrea Roberts Lawson says that kind of reaction makes all the work worthwhile. You know, it's one of those double-edged swords. It's dread for all the work that you have to do, but then such a blessing for what comes out of it. Just like seeing people that we, making new friends, just like this fellow that we, we just became acquaintances with, and, and seeing people that you don't see often. You know, people that, uh, some of our former pastors come, and you get to see people that you have not got to, to see in a long time. The Lord's Acre Sale at Hilton's Memorial United Methodist Church in Scott County, Virginia, takes place on the last weekend of September every year. For the Tennessee Farm Table, I'm Fred Sausman.
And today on WDVX Radio, we are in the Fall Fun Drive. WDVX graciously rebroadcasts the Tennessee Farm Table podcast on their airwaves every Saturday morning from 9 until 9.30. Part of serving the community with community broadcasting. Please show your support for WDVX. Pledge online securely by PayPal, WDVX.com, or I'd love to hear from you. We have volunteers standing by, 865-544-1029. And now it's time for the gospel portion of our radio broadcast. We like to call this our daily bread. And how about a beautiful gospel number? From the Stanley Brothers, Mother's Footsteps Guide Me On, on the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at theemmysunshine.com. 
We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.